Welcome to Cure Chronic, a place where we have deep conversations and hear amazing stories about chronic disease and more. Here's your host, Becky Gale. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I am super excited to announce another lovely guest that's hanging out on the beach right now, which I wish I was there because I have about 10 feet of snow outside my window. This is Marty. Marty, why don't you go ahead and tell us your story? Hi, Becky. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Um, I Where to even begin? So I, as I said, I'm Marty Hines. I am from Los Angeles, California, and I was diagnosed with MS two years ago um, at the age of 35. It was, it's interesting because I've had a pretty much of a roller coaster these past two years um, with having MS and it really kind of started that way and it's still kind of continuing that way. I, I've learned a lot about folks that maybe experienced symptoms for a long time and couldn't figure out, you know, why, what was wrong with them or what was happening. But for me, uh, I was relatively healthy. I had never been in the hospital before. I had never even, you know, broken a limb and I woke up paralyzed on the entire left side of my body uh, one morning, just out of nowhere. And so it was really just terrifying. You know, doctors weren't sure if I had had a stroke. Um, I, I felt like I was dying. I didn't know what was going on. And sure enough, an MRA later um, showed lesions on my brain and spinal cord, um, which was how I was diagnosed with MS. So it was just very sudden and, and very just traumatic for me. You know, I didn't kind of have that buildup of, you know, searching for an answer. I, I felt like my life had just completely changed, you know, out of nowhere. And, you know, my particular MS, uh, for those of you that don't know about multiple sclerosis, it's, it's really called a snowflake disease. You know, um, everyone's situation is different, but my MS, man, it's just had a lot of, of turns and, uh, surprises and just kind of unexpected things happening with it. Uh, I wound up as a lot of people with autoimmune diseases, I wound up getting more autoimmune diseases. I got diagnosed with trigeminal neuralgia earlier this year and had to have brain surgery. So um, that was a great way to kind of kick off this year that we're all in. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it just continued. I, I found out that I had an infection in uh, one of my bones, which is called osteomyelitis. So uh, just dealing with that all while trying to, you know, keep my MS stable and at bay in the middle of a pandemic. So it's been just a crazy journey. And um, I really spent this year just trying to figure out how to just kind of survive, you know, each day, especially uh, being in isolation, like we all have been. And I found this amazing online community, which is how I found you, Becky. And I started a YouTube channel and it's just been a, a great outlet and just like a resource. So I couldn't wait to, you know, just come on and chat with you and just share my experience. Absolutely. And, you know, it's just so funny with chronic disease. It just feels like sometimes when it rains, it pours, you know, it's Ugh, like you get diagnosed with one thing. Yeah, exactly. You get diagnosed and then you get another diagnosis and then another day mm -hmm. and you're just like, all right, just keep coming. Let's go. Keep coming. <laughs> it hits, you know, it's not even surprised anymore. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. You're like shocker. There's something else wrong with me. Thanks. <laughs> but you know, oh it's, it's so funny that you, when you say that though, because what I found is I think that when you have, you know, what they call an anchor disease, a lot of mm. times your healthcare professionals 
just kind of brush it off as that's what the problem is. So, you know, when I was first experiencing pain um, in my face, which is what my trigeminal neuralgia was, I was really dismissed by my care team. And I was kind of just told that like, this is, could just be a part of MS. And, you know, I was relatively a new MSer and that like, this was just what kind of par for the course. And I would just have to push through and I really, found my voice this year in terms of advocating for myself and saying like, I know something else is wrong. And uh, sure enough, I needed to have brain surgery. That's crazy. And I think one of the problems that as people suffering with chronic disease, what we face with is the fact that unfortunately our doctors are just ignorant to other diseases. And so Mm -hmm. if they see that, okay, you have this disease, this is your problem. This has got to be a side effect of that, but it's not because of the fact that they don't care or they don't want you to get better. It's because they just don't know. And it's hard for us as the people suffering because it's hard to see that in that perspective because we're hurting and it's crazy for you because of the fact that it was so severe that you actually had to have brain surgery so did you end up getting like a, like a, a second opinion like did you go find yeah okay I did. So um, trigeminal neuralgia, just to give like a little bit more detail, you know, on it, it's actually called the suicide disease because the pain that uh, folks go through with this is such an onslaught of constant pain uh, that you you literally can't take it. I mean, I was screaming and holding my face um, when I had my first, uh, they call it TN, my first TN attack. And so an MRI showed that I had uh, a blood vessel sitting on a nerve, uh, which folks with MS, it seems to happen a little bit more with us that, you know, lesions can kind of, kind of create this effect uh, where you wind up getting this trigeminal neuralgia. So it was pretty clear on my MRI what was causing like this pain, but I did speak to, um, I'm all about a second, third, fourth, fifth opinion. So uh, I met with about six different surgeons I'm really grateful to live in a large, you know, metropolitan city like LA, where I was able to speak to some really amazing doctors and uh, find out what could be done. And I really, you know, it was up to me. There, there was medication that I could take that I could be on that probably wouldn't help the pain too much, um, had a lot of side effects, or I could be aggressive and kind of, you know, go after it. And I just decided, you know, I've I felt like I was young enough and strong enough um, that I could take on this kind of obstacle and um, I did it. So I said, let's, let's go and uh, had the surgery. It was pretty brutal. I, I don't recommend it <laughs> to anyone. Yeah. I was actually just going to ask you, like, what did they do in regards to like your brain surgery? So it's, uh, it's crazy. Like, so I am that type of person that like, I shouldn't have YouTubed it and looked up the, the, the surgery ahead of time, <laughs> but I did. So I, I definitely freaked myself out with, with what, you know, was going to actually be happening to me, but, uh, they wound up shaving, um, the back of my head, uh, which you, you know, can't see here. And they, they cut, uh, a pretty large incision, uh, into your scalp. Um, they, crack your skull and uh, they kind of enter in with a needle and place a pad, like a compression pad in between your nerve and 
uh, that blood vessel that's sitting on it. And it's just like a microscopic needle that kind of just goes into, you know, your brain and, and gets placed there. Come out, they, you know, sew you back up. And uh, I was in the ICU for about almost a week. Uh, I wound up having an MS flare up uh, from the stress of the surgery, which was to be expected uh, just because that was so much to put on my body. So I was in the hospital longer than uh, someone that maybe didn't have MS. If they had had that surgery, they probably would have been able to go to the uh, regular ward uh, sooner. But so I was in ICU for a little bit longer, literally right before COVID hit. My surgery was on February 24th. So, um, you know, we went on lockdown just, you know, two weeks later. So I'm so grateful that I was able to get this relief, you know, before everything shut down here in the States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that not the best timing ever? Holy moly. That's crazy. Who would have known? I know. Well, and especially because your surgery would have been pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and pushed back and you would have just been in constant pain. In constant pain. Yeah. Do you have like a hundred percent relief now? Like, how are you feeling? You know, I don't have a hundred percent relief. And I think that's something that I really wanted to talk about too, is this expectation um, that I'm still dealing with. I think that, you know, when we go to the doctor, you know, you're thinking they're going to make you better, you know, like some, something's, this is wrong. You're going to fix it and I'll be fine. That was my whole life experience with illness or, you know, with any ailment that I ever had. And so the, it's a fine line of, of kind of accepting that, you know, there might not, there isn't maybe an answer, you know, there isn't a cure for multiple sclerosis at this time, you know, um, there's not a cure for trigeminal neuralgia. These are just things to try to make you have a, a better quality of life. And, you know, I think there's so much grief that comes with that, that, you know, I operate on a pain level of five to six, and that's a good day. And, you know, for that to be like the new baseline, you know, I think is something that a lot of us with chronic diseases, you know, I'm only two years into this and I, you know, I still feel like I'm grieving, you know, my like pre- illness life. And it's just, you know, you start to forget what it was like to feel good Mm -hmm. and, you know, what that would be like. And that, you know, again, this surgery, the, the promise from my surgeons was that hopefully I could just have a lower pain level, not that it would be, you know, completely relieved. So to do something so aggressive, you know, um, just, so involved to not even come out with a hundred percent relief. It's um, these are just hard decisions that I think a lot of us, you know, have to make and be okay with. And it's hard to explain to our family and our friends. I think when we're making some of these choices, because they're kind of expecting us to have, you know, a hundred percent relief, you know, so many of my friends like, Oh, so you're better now. And it's like, oh. no, <laughs> yeah. not, not even close. So it's something that I, I think that we all struggle with, whatever the, the chronic disease is. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I think, um, especially with invisible diseases and making those hard choices and even regardless of if you're going through surgery, but like just switching medications or trying different medications or the side effect of medications and what we have to deal with. And I get it. I mean, the amount of times where you're like, oh, I'm feeling good today. And then two hours later, you're like, nope, just kidding. Nope, it's just, just kidding. Yeah. 
<laughs> you know, your body is just so unpredictable and, and everything that you go through on a daily basis is literally so unpredictable. And I agree with you. It's so important to have a support system that is going through the same thing as you or understands it, like having our chronic community, because hundred percent, you can have the love of your life beside you, but if they don't know what you're going through, they can't, they can empathize with you, but they can never mm -hmm. truly understand. And so it's definitely hard to, you know, watch someone that you love be in pain constantly. And if, it's like, if you say, you know, your baseline now is five or six, like that's high. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. for most people, you know, and I think that for people with chronic diseases, our pain tolerance is super high. I, oh, I know. <laughs> like, there was, it's crazy. There was some, some meme I saw where it was like, if a, if one of, if a warrior saying their pains of five to a normal healthy person, that's actually like a nine or a 10. <laughs> yes, that's exactly. how, you know, strong we are. So I'm like, that's very yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. Like if I say I'm in pain, I am in pain. Please nobody right. tell me otherwise, because I will punch you in the face. Exactly. <laughs> like, <come> exactly. <laughs> All of us women out here with chronic diseases, bring on the babies, because we know how painful oh, it is already. Calm exactly. Down. I'm down. I can, can handle it. I'm positive that I can handle Good. <laughs> exactly. Like, I've been dealing with this for 10 years, honey. It's fine. <laughs> Man, telling you. Yeah. So I just think it, and I think what you kind of touched on, too, is we we carry it so well, you know? And so these invisible illnesses, what has been so shocking to me is just how insensitive people can be. Uh, and you just don't know what someone's going through, you know? And I think that, you know, being a woman of color, I might be more sensitive to that because of just dealing with, you know, the racism that, I've grown up with my entire life, you know, here in the States, but then on now to be a disabled person of color, I just feel like it's even more present. And it's something that mm -hmm. I experience just at an even higher level. And I just really want with my YouTube channel or, you know, on my page is just trying to bring awareness of, mm -hmm. you know, I might look like I'm completely fine, you know, I might not have a mobility aid, you know, on a particular day, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not struggling. So okay. it, it's just something that, you know, I just really want people as we, I, I love that we're seeing more awareness on this. I'm hearing more about it. And, you know, um, I think that people are, are just becoming more cognizant, but I think it's something that we have to always keep pushing for. Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. I think that, and I think that over time, especially with new generations and with honestly chronic disease becoming more prevalent in our population, people are going to want to talk about it more. They're going to want to tell their stories. It's going to be more of a norm. I hope so anyways, but you know, it's kind of like, like my end goal with this podcast is to be able to have people go to like a party, for example, and someone say, oh, I have a mess. And they can be like, oh yeah, I understand how that I know, I know what that is, right? Instead I know what of, that is. I know what that is, exactly. Or like, oh yeah, you know, I know, so blah, blah, blah. You know, so it's not a weird thing. It's not the elephant in the room, right? Like, it's mm -hmm. just a normal thing. Just like you're going to talk about the weather. Like everybody talks about the weather. It's not weird. Right, but exactly. I want to touch back on, you mentioned grief. And I think that 
this is such an important topic when it comes to disease that people don't understand that when you get diagnosed with something, when you, whether it's one disease or two disease, you grieve the loss of your normal life. You grieve the loss of your health and you literally go through those stages of grief with the mm-hmm. anger, denial, denial. <laughs> you know, everything, all mm-hmm. of it. And it ta- and it can take you like for me, I was misdiagnosed for about six years and I honestly probably went through that grieving process for 10 years. Like it took me such a long time to finally realize, okay, this is, this is my new normal. This is who I am now. My disease doesn't Mm -hmm. define me, but it is a part of me. It is a little bit of me. Right. And if we can recognize that as people with chronic disease, then we can kind of go through the stages maybe a little bit easier, but even having friends and family not understand that that's what we're going through is so hard. Yeah. I mean, that's, there's so much, especially because like you said, we, you know, for me, I'll have, you know, better days. And so then I'm thinking like, are you sure I have MS? You know, this was, you know, earlier on, like, you know, this, this came out of nowhere. Like, are you sure that's what it is? And uh, you know, there's not really tests for specific, you know, diseases. They kind of just rule out everything else, you know, to, to then say like, this is what you have. So I think that kind of, you know, adds into it. I think we, I know I gaslight myself sometimes, you know, about like, is it that bad? Is what, you know, I'm going through, you know, as hard as I'm saying that it is, especially when I'm seeing other people that, you know, are, are struggling more than me. And so we're doing it even to ourselves, even if our, our friends, and it's just such a process that like, I'm still going through it. You know, um, I still get so angry. Um, I get angry at other people. I feel like for taking their health for granted. I know I took my health for granted. I know that I didn't I wasn't aware, you know, uh, of, of just any of this world, you know, and so it's something where I'm even feeling bad myself, you know, about how I could have been so blind to what people are going through and what people are struggling with, you know, I just really, um, so I get angry when I see healthy people taking it, you know, again, taking it yeah. for granted. There's just so many emotions, you know, and feelings and not being believed and not feeling like you're being heard, whether it's from your family or from your care team. And um, it's just on top of the fact that we're in pain, you know, you're, you're dealing with all of that and then you, you're still struggling and trying to survive. And so there's just a lot for our, us to carry. And so there, we have to try to find those outlets, you know, whatever they are, because it can really be, you know, too much. Oh, a hundred percent. And I mean, having communities like chronic communities and having people like-minded people is so important, especially when you're dealing with those, that grief process. And I mean, mm-hmm. I can't agree more with you in regards to like, we do it to ourselves. If we like, we are the worst ones that do it to ourselves in regards <laughs> to like, am I, am I really this sick? Like, should I really stay in bed mm-hmm. all day long? Am I really in this much pain? Yeah. Like, is this really happening to me? Because yeah. I've said it before on my podcast, but I feel like a lot of the people that have chronic disease are like 
type A personalities. They have to be on the go. They're busy people. They have like three jobs. Mm -hmm. They have to whatever do, 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 do. They're like success mindset, whatever it is, la, la, la. And it's almost like our diseases are the ones slowing us down to be like, okay, no, no, no. You got to stop and smell the roses, honey. And what ends up happening is we have such high expectations for ourselves that we just can't imagine us having to live in a bed for a week. We can't imagine ourselves being a quote unquote useless human being, even though this is our time that we need to take in order to get healthy. We need to listen to Mm -hmm. our bodies essentially, but yeah, Mm -hmm. it's just, it's true. I mean, we're all, we're the worst. It's, 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 Mm -hmm. it's torture, you know, because I think so much of at least who I am is, is tied to, you know, my work and my passions and, you know, being there for family and for friends and showing up and, and living these, you know, full lives, what we thought were what full lives looked like, you know? And so it's just kind of readjusting and giving ourselves, like you said, that rest and that break because, you know, we need it. And I still, I push myself so hard all of the time. I mean, you know, Christmas was just last week. I overdid it. I, Mm -hmm. you know, did too much and, you know, couldn't get out of bed, you know, for the next two days. And it's like, why did you do that? I knew, you know, I knew that was what was going to happen. And so it's still, again, that denial of like pushing our bodies and pushing ourselves um, and beating ourselves up. Um, It's a struggle. It's just an ongoing struggle. I feel like you, me, and pretty much every single person that's listening to this was in bed for two days after Christmas. Let's be real. (laughs) But it is a struggle. And you know, I feel like, yeah, just totally wiped. Just like, this is it. This is me right now. I'm dead. (laughs) I'm I'm dead. (laughs) Bye. It was nice knowing you. (laughs) But, um, you know, in terms of that struggle, I feel like what ends up happening with us is we're constantly trying to reach back to that normal life because Mm -hmm. we're surrounded by people like that unless you are literally surrounded by an entire family that has a chronic disease some type of illness where you're all just sickies living in the life whatever it is I feel like we just all strive to going out with friends and and Mm -hmm. having that extra glass of wine or you know doing the things that normal quote unquote normal people do and they don't get Mm -hmm. sick from but then for us it puts us in bed for two days afterwards yeah just for the desire of being normal of trying to be normal and I think that there's you know you feel almost like you're not a liar I don't know what the word is but it's like I sometimes I I feel like the people around me and it could just be me projecting they just don't get it. It's like, how, how were you okay, Marty, to come and be at this today or this morning? And now you're canceling, you know, tonight or, you know, tomorrow, like how, you know, how, how can you be so bad today when I just saw you, you know, like this morning. And so then you just start feeling like you have to prove that you're sick. And that's just a horrible right way to feel and that's something that we're carrying too Mm -hmm. yeah it's the misunderstanding towards what a chronic disease and chronic pain really is right and Mm -hmm. that's kind of where the awareness thing and creating these podcasts and telling our stories is so important because 
it doesn't matter what other people think or feel about you. What matters is how you feel inside. And sometimes someone's opinion can really hinder that. And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, I feel for those people. I can empathize with those people because they don't know what chronic pain feels like. They can only see it through us. Exactly. And we just have to not hide it. You know, um, I, I've, I've said, you know, if you, if my, you know, Instagram posts are making you uncomfortable, you know, you can feel free to mute, but you know, I'm not, we're not attention seekers by sharing what's going on in our day to day. You know, we are the strongest people, you know, out there with, with what we carry and what we push through and get through. Some of us have children and families and Mm -hmm. still are working and still are, you know, um, presenting and you know showing up and so it's just we just have to keep pushing this in front of people's faces you know with no apologies (laughs) yeah exactly and I feel like it's going to be kind of like the next big thing I mean we had the you know me too movement then we had the lgbtqs and now and then the black lives matter and the next Mm -hmm. is going to be the chronic movement I can see it yes (laughs) and people this whole idea of like you calling in sick. Well, you were fine yesterday. It doesn't matter. I have a chronic disease. Understand what that is, please. I feel like this is going to be the next big thing. Just wait. (laughs) I I think so. so. I'm starting to see it more in television in Hollywood. And, you know, I'm seeing, I've, I've heard, you know, just MS as being like the disease that someone has. And I'm like, oh, wow. You know what I mean? Like that's not something I've, you know, heard or so, you know, I'm, I'm starting mm-hmm. to hear, um, hear it more, at least in this Hollywood entertainment space that I'm in. So I'm definitely hopeful, but we've got a, we've got a ways to go. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Well, and the other thing too, is I feel like there's just so many people that have a chronic disease that this should be a normal, this should be a normal yeah. thing, but you know, what's so stupid is racism shouldn't be a thing and it is and it Chronic is disease yeah. should be a normal thing and it isn't lgbtq should be a shouldn't normal be thing normal th- these and things shouldn't be not. movements they they should no, not be movements. Be. we're 2021 <laughs> like people shouldn't this all should be normalized like we're just human beings we're just trying to be happy and live be the happy way we want and live the way we want to live it just literally just be kind like don't Yes. nothing else if be you just gentle, do that exactly then everything else sorts itself out if, if that could be everyone's totally. kind of like true north you know but here's hoping well exactly <laughs> yeah and the other thing too is like I just I truly live like that motto live and let live I don't know why people care about other people's lives right is it affecting your life no then stop caring don't have an opinion around it. Right. Who, who cares? Why I does agree. it matter? Mm-hmm. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll do this again. <laughs> we'll touch on that next time. All right. Awesome, Marty. Well, thank you so much for your time and all your advice, all your words of wisdom. I really appreciate the conversation we had today. And I know that we'll definitely have you back on the show because we didn't even go through any other questions about you, my friend. <laughs> no, it was so much fun. Thank you, Becky. <laughs> oh my goodness. Absolutely. Um, so before we go though, how can our listeners get in touch with you? Yes, please. Um, you can follow me on Instagram at Marty's MS life. I also have a YouTube channel also called Marty's MS life. And so I just am kind of posting what I go through on a day-to-day basis, resources, uh, things that I learn, uh, on this journey. 
Absolutely. And I'll put all your contact details and all that fun stuff in the podcast description as well. Everybody listening, feel free to jump to her YouTube channel. I did watch a couple of her videos and they are inspiring and her story is pretty amazing. Awesome. Thank you. Absolutely. All right, Marty. Well, thank you so much again. And I'm excited to talk to you at another time. Oh, I can't wait, Becky. Stay safe. Okay. Yeah, you too. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our lovely listeners, that's all for this episode. And Marty and I are off like a herd of turtles.